welcome back to get on track this is gonna be episode two i did this one by myself i not because i couldn't get anybody booked or anybody to actually sit down with me um because i think i want to do a week on week off thing where i have people come over or uh we actually get to be on on a call and, and actually talk um now this one's gonna be a little weird it's on the short sides it's about 18 minutes long it's it's somewhat informative it's mainly to let you know what you bare bones need to be successful at going to your first actual big track day autocross is kind of different so i didn't touch bases on that i'm talking about drifting and time attack essentially so i hope you guys enjoy the video the, not the video this is a video i hope you guys enjoy the podcast and i'll see you guys afterwards What's up, guys? It's JDL, and welcome back to an episode of Get On Track. Uh, today, I'm going to be kind of by myself. I'm going to be talking a little bit about um, things you need, what to get, what not to get, um, everything to get you ready and your car to get on track. So let's get right into it. And first things first, I cannot stress enough, suspension. Suspension is going to be the deal breaker. For me, at least, I think that without a good setup suspension, your car is going to be all over the road unless you have a a 911 or or a track oriented car that already has upgraded suspension compared to like a Miata that has, you know, cruising and touring um, suspension, which is, you know, meant to be soft and comfortable for the road and things like that. Um, Suspension come in all sorts of price ranges from anywhere from $200 to, you know, two, $3,000 systems. So it depends where your budget sits, um, what you actually want to do. Um, I personally would suggest starting off with like a medium size, uh, not medium size, medium budget, um, kind of in the range of BC racing or, or, uh, Fortunato. Fortunato is actually pretty good. Um, anything like that, that would, uh, get your ground running for roughly around a thousand dollars would serve you pretty good in the long run. Um, after that, obviously your suspension is putting your wheels and tires to the floor. So if those are failing, then you kind of become obsolete in the realm of grip. So you always want to upgrade your wheels and tires. Um, some cars suffer from having a very small and narrow tire factory like miatas i believe it's like a 195 or probably less um usually at high speeds those tires either tend to fold or the tie walls too high and and they just don't have enough contact area to keep you from you know either spinning out or just over steering or under steering um one of those things is always 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 make sure you get clearance uh full turning both ways so you don't want to be going up on a corner going 80 miles an hour and you almost full lock and then your tires binding up and it's it's doing all sorts of weird stuff um i personally suggest um running a decent threadware tire if you're going to be using it for daily and a track car um it's it's mainly preference and what you're going to be using the car for so it's one of those things that you just got to do a little bit of research and see if you're going to get a race compound or, or if you're going to get a more streetable compound because it all will affect uh, rideability as well. And then also price. Price is going to be a huge factor in tires. Um, uh, right next to your price is going to be your thread wear, and that's going to determine how fast you're going to go through tires in a perfect world that you have a 
perfect alignment and do all the other things to prevent premature tire wear. And then that leads me to alignments. So alignments alignments can tremendously impact how you race your car and how you drive it, period. There's nothing more frustrating, and it's like one of my pet peeves, that you, you sit in a car and you're driving straight, but the steering was like 90 degrees from where the center of the wheel is. And that is like a killer for me. Some people don't mind it. Some people don't care that their steering wheel is literally facing to the moon. But um, I think at a panic situation, your brain only thinks about certain things. So usually you thinking about your steering wheel being straight up is going to be going straight for in your, in your panicking brain. So the straighter it is, the better it is, period, overall. That's my opinion. And then that would bring me... Um, talking about the interior where you don't want to be riding a bow that you're swinging around and you're completely sloshing around in your seat because it has no aggressive bolstering, no actual uh, safety harnesses that keep you well planted. Because um, believe it or not, that will be the difference between you making that extra second around a lap time because you know, you have to brace yourself so that way you can't really take this turn so hard like you'd be able to if you guys which is pretty much one with the car. And that's what an aftermarket uh, Sparco seat, Recaro seats, maybe NRG, all that stuff. That's Those seats are going to do that for you. They're going to keep you in your place. They're going to keep you from sloshing around and actually preventing you from fully stretching your legs in the vehicle, you know, metaphorically, that... um it can actually just, just straight up hinder your track time, whether it be in drifting, time attack, or anything. Um, uh, here we go. So uh, on the interior, I will always, always, always suggest you want at least four or five-point harness, if you're going to be serious about this, a bucket seat at least for your driver, and always, 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 always make sure everything's tucked away that could get in between your pedals or maybe it'll jam your shifter or you know get in your way of your vision or anything like that i think that those things should get put away and those are things that get checked off by safety inspections at the beginning of track date anyways so usually they won't let you have any hangers or anything rolling around in the car um you know except to some exceptions like maybe like an air freshener or something like that it's like paper but definitely anything that can get in between your brake pedal your gas pedal your clutch anything like that that would inherit like it would just literally make you inoperable of that function per se um yeah that'll definitely is a no-go on the exterior on the exterior is a big 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 part that plays in in your car depending on how competitive you want to be there's there's ways that you can be competitive with a stock body car and a stock body car i met i i mean a car that has no aftermarket modifications so there's cars that come now with already a splitter or a spoiler that is a stock body car because it comes from the manufacturer that way and even if it's an extra option, it still comes from the manufacturer. So on some classes, I know, you know, some grit life classes only let you run stock aero. But most of these cars have 
aerodynamic features. You know, that's what a quote-unquote aero means. But some of these cars have aero features that are at an advantage to other cars that don't because it didn't bring it as an option. Like, for example, an STI. An STI would bring um, that massive wing in the back. You know, I know on some the New Year years, it doesn't really work as much as it used to, but it still is there and is an advantage over uh, WRX that doesn't have a wing, you know, keeping it down, pushing, actually pushing the rear end down. But they're both stock cars, so they'll be able to work in race in the same division. It's 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 a little odd when it comes when it comes to that, but then you can jump into full on modified, which you can put uh, custom splitters, custom side skirts, custom you know custom wings, big wings, all this other stuff, air dance, flat bottoms. It's everything that you can get into. To actually help and suction your car down because that's what all the arrow is doing. It's just keeping you from creating lift, which will literally, it's what it sounds like. It'll, it'll lift your car from the ground and you'll lose traction. You'll you know, spin out, crash, you know, all those crazy things. Um, yeah, uh, for drifting, uh, there's not so much of an actual guideline. Um, considering drifting is more of a show and it's, it's about flashy cars and, and doing all this crazy stuff. It's not going to be one of those things that, oh, no, you can't have that splitter on or you can't have that spoiler on. Most of the guys that do it and get serious about it will eventually pick function over form. That's that's a big, big thing that people are going to argue. It's all for, function over form, form over function. So it's, it's just a preference. I think function over form will always be, you know, in my top priority, but there's just some things that just look cool. You know, there's there's nothing I can say about how, how good something looks cuz it's cuz it works, you know, and and um uh, like for example, I uh I'll show you I can't show you guys, but I'm trying to think here. I'm trying to think. Yes, so and grid life, there's these uh massive massive splitter cars aerodynamics and they're they're the k-tune cars um these honda civic and acura integra these guys are running fast and i'm talking about fast like i believe they hold the record at road atlanta for uh front wheel drive um unlimited which is which is crazy considering it's it's i believe it's a k-series i'm i'm not even too sure i believe it's a k-series engine and it just has a bunch of aero and suspension mods. And I guess a driver mod because that does make a huge difference. You know, you, you can't you can't drive a fast car fast if you can't drive a slow car fast. So it's all about techniques. You gotta you gotta pick things up, you gotta learn as much as you can. And I I I highly suggest that. If you can sit with somebody that is uh a veteran, you may say, in the track or in the track day that you're in. And when you get that chance, take it because you can see things that they're going to do because they've been doing it for years and it works, you know, and you and maybe maybe you'll see things that they should be doing and you can be like, hey, uh, you should uh, you should left a break on that turn and and actually keep stay in that gear. Um, but that's besides the fact. Um, 
but before and foremost, you're going to get your car ready. You're going to get suspension. You're going to get wheels and tires. You're going to end up doing interior mods to keep you in place. You're going to do exterior mods. Um, whether you want to compete in in unlimited or street modified or, or whatever you want to do. Or if you're, you know, sanctioned racing events, don't have any of those regulations. And you can just go crazy with aero. Or if you're a drift guy, then you can just whatever you want on your car as long as it's past tech then you should be good to go but when you get when you get to the track you're gonna you're gonna go through this thing called the tech inspection tech inspection is gonna be one of those things that you can either not worry about it because you know your car's tip-top shape no leaks no loose wires nothing that looks too janky to pass tech and i wish i could show pictures but um, it's kind of an obvious thing. If your car is leaking any kind of fluid, if it has coolant in the radiator, you're supposed to run water because the coolant is extremely flammable, ironically, and it is, uh, very slippery and hard to clean up from the track if your radiator just goes out and blows up everywhere. Um, so no oil leaks, no transmission leaks, no, 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 no leaks at all. That's, that's one of the things they're looking for. And that's kind of overall, every track is going to be looking for that. Um, every track is different on what actually passes tech and not pass tech as for safety. Um, I know that tracks in Atlanta, uh, was when I went over to iTrack and they were doing the drift, the drifting and stuff, there were a lot more lacks on like who could tandem and who couldn't. Because um, compared to here in OSW, you can't tandem unless you um, either are... A, a high B or A class driver, and then you can't take passengers. I believe maybe unless that rule change, you can't take passengers unless you have a roll cage, and that's that's the big one right there. Over there in Atlanta, they didn't care. It was like, yeah, you know, your buddy wants to go with you. Sure, why not? It's your life. But so every every single track is different on on what they can get away with. And it's and it's all based on their insurance. There's nothing that you guys did. There's nothing that we did. I mean, some tracks, yes, but um, that's kind of a track by track basis, which you should be able to go anywhere online for that track, and then you'll see the uh, tech inspection or safety inspection sheet and all that stuff and prerequisites and and things that you'll need to get on track. Um, I know I'm saying I'm a lot, jeez, but. Um, last thing I would say, no, ironically is the last thing on the list, but safety's first. Safety, safety, safety. Because if you die today, you can't race tomorrow. That's, that's, I guess that's a good thing to live by. If I die today, I can't race tomorrow. So you, you always want to push the limits. And when you push the limits, accidents happen. Mistakes happen. You're, you're going to crash. You're going to, your car might catch on fire. Your car, um, your car just might lose all brakes and you're going to, go off track, you're going to spin out, you're going to get rear-ended, you you know, when, when you're doing a sport where the risk is this high, safety has to be number one, um, helmets, harnesses, hands, hands devices, which prevent your neck from collapsing forward when you crash or, or backwards, it, it kind of holds your head in place, um, and, gloves 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 are a really good thing to have um let's say you have a car fire and i have you have gloves on so you're actually able to go and crack the hood open before 
before it actually turns into the point where you can't open the hood because there is that point comes really fast um and and if you've been racing all day odds are that your car's pretty hot so if you're going to be you know pulling off on track or even pulling into your pit and then you immediately got to start doing something you might want some gloves because it's pretty hot i've been a technician and things get really hot and they don't look like they're hot and i i promise you they are um (laughs) just just keep that in mind whenever you go out racing you got to make sure that your safety depends on others people's safety and vice versa they depend on you to be safe so that they can go outside and race and be safe and that goes for drifting, time attack, off-roading, any any kind of racing. You got to be safe. As as crazy as they may look, drifting is very safe. They have their precautions. They have things that, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that because it's unsafe. Um, now, do these things happen? All the time. They happen all the time. People don't care. People end up just saying, oh, you know, I didn't know or whatever. But, you know, most of these guys do. Um as for time attack, it's one of those things that you could ruin somebody else's weekend. You know, if, if God forbid, you have a fatality on track, that's kind of it. You know, anybody that paid a lot is for that weekend is looking forward to a race. And now you just created this massive wreck in the middle of the track. Now it's shut down for two, three hours while they clean up. And God forbid, you spit, spilled oil. That'll be another hour. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you can't be selfish on the racetrack because people will not enjoy that at all. So it's one of those things that I keep saying that. Wow. It's one of those, this this podcast has been a little, a little bit all over the place. I uh, I came in and I sat down. I was like, okay, I need to talk about this, 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 this isn't that. It's, I'm kind of going away from the scripted and... I decided to go a little bit more natural because I feel like this way I can just talk and it'll just translate and be what it is. I know it's going to be super raw and this episode is going to be about maybe 20 to 30 minutes long, but I guess I should explain it now. I'm probably going to be on the on the scheduling of one week is going to be with interviews and you know I'll have guests over and we'll talk about things and then another week it might be more informational like like today like hey you should get consider getting suspension wheels tires and tear all that stuff and then by no means I am a professional I am a a very informed racer just like you guys that need information they need an outlet and I and I managed to gather these things from either previous knowledge or other other friends that had knowledge online, things like that, things that I've seen, experiences. So this Well, you made it to the end. I just want to give a huge thanks for actually sitting through this podcast. It means a huge thing. Um I appreciate it and just as a reminder, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time We'll be back on here uploading another podcast for you guys. And I hope to see you guys on track next Thursday. I'll see you then.